0: CHAPTER Twelve OF DOROTHY AND THE WIZARD IN OZ BY L. FRANK BAUM. THIS LibriVox RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. A WONDERFUL ESCAPE For a while the enemy hesitated to renew the attack. Then a few of them advanced until another shot from the wizard's revolver made them retreat. "'That's fine,' said Zeb. "'We've got on the run now, sure enough.' "'But only for a time,' replied the wizard, shaking his head gloomily these revolvers are good for six shots each but when those are gone we shall be helpless the gargoyles seemed to realize this for they sent a few of their band time after time to attack the strangers and draw the fire from the little man's revolvers in this way none of them was shocked by the dreadful report more than once for the main band kept far away and each time a new company was sent into the battle When the wizard had fired all of his twelve bullets, he had caused no damage to the enemy except to stun a few by the noise, and so he was no nearer to victory than in the beginning of the fray. "'What shall we do now?' asked Dorothy anxiously. "'Let's yell, all together,' said Seb. "'And fight at the same time,' added the wizard. "'We will get near Jim so that he can help us, and each one must take some weapon and do the best he can.' I'll use my sword, although it isn't much account in this affair. Dorothy must take her parasol, and open it suddenly when the wooden folks attack her. I haven't anything for you, Zeb." "'I'll use the King,' said the boy, and pulled his prisoner out of the buggy. The bound gargoyle's arms extended far out beyond its head, so by grasping its wrists Zeb found the King made a very good club. The boy was strong for one of his years, having always worked upon a farm, so he was likely to prove more dangerous to the enemy than the wizard. When the next company of gargoyles advanced, our adventurers began yelling as if they had gone mad. Even the kitten gave a dreadfully shrill scream, and at the same time Jim the cab-horse neighed loudly. This daunted the enemy for a time, but the defenders were soon out of breath. Perceiving this, as well as the fact that there were no more of the awful bangs to come from the revolvers, the gargoyles advanced in a swarm as thick as bees, so that the air was filled with them. Dorothy squatted upon the ground and put up her parasol, which nearly covered her, and proved a great protection. The wizard's sword-blade snapped into a dozen pieces at the first blow he struck against the wooden people zeb pounded away with the gargoyle he was using as a club until he had knocked down dozens of foes but at last they clustered so thickly about him that he no longer had room in which to swing his arms the horse performed some wonderful kicking and even eureka assisted when she leaped bodily upon the gargoyles and scratched and bit at them like a wildcat but all this bravery amounted to nothing at all the wooden things wound their long arms around Zeb and the wizard and held them fast. Dorothy was captured in the same way, and numbers of the gargoyles clung to Jim's legs, so weighting him down that the poor beast was helpless. Eureka made a desperate dash to escape and scampered along the ground like a streak, but a grinning gargoyle flew after her and grabbed her before she had gone very far. All of them expected nothing less than instant death, but to their surprise the wooden creatures flew into the air with them and bore them far away, over miles and miles of wooden country, until they came to a wooden city. The houses of this city had many corners, being square and six-sided and eight-sided, they were tower-like in shape, and the best of them seemed old and weather-worn, yet all were strong and substantial to one of these houses, which had neither doors nor windows, but only one broad opening far up underneath the roof, the prisoners were brought by their captors. The gargoyles roughly pushed them into the opening, where there was a platform, and then flew away and left them. As they had no wings the strangers could not fly away, and if they jumped down from such a height they would surely be killed. The creatures had sense enough to reason that way, and the only mistake they made was in supposing the earth people were unable to overcome such ordinary difficulties. Jim was brought with the others, although it took a good many gargoyles to carry the big beast through the air and land him on the high platform, and the buggy was thrust in after him because it belonged to the party, and the wooden folks had no idea what it was used for or whether it was alive or not. When Eureka's captor had thrown the kitten after the others, the last gargoyle silently disappeared, leaving our friends to breathe freely once more. "'What an awful fight!' said Dorothy, catching her breath in little gasps. "'Oh, I don't know,' purred Eureka, smoothing her ruffled fur with her paw. "'We didn't manage to hurt anybody, and nobody managed to hurt us. "'Thank goodness we are together again, even if we are prisoners,' sighed the little girl. I wonder why they didn't kill us on the spot, remarked Zeb, who had lost his king in the struggle. They are probably keeping us for some ceremony, the wizard answered reflectively, but there is no doubt they intend to kill us as dead as possible in a short time. As dead as possible would be pretty dead, wouldn't it? asked Dorothy. Yes, my dear, but we have no need to worry about that just now. Let us examine our prison and see what it is like. The space underneath the roof where they stood permitted them to see on all sides of the tall building, and they looked with much curiosity at the city spread out beneath them. Everything visible was made of wood, and the scene seemed stiff and extremely unnatural. From their platform a stair descended into the house, and the children and the wizard explored it after lighting a lantern to show them the way. Several stories of empty rooms rewarded their search, but nothing more so after a time they came back to the platform again had there been any doors or windows in the lower rooms or had not the boards of the house been so thick and stout escape would have been easy but to remain down below was like being in a cellar or the hole of a ship and they did not like the darkness or the damp smell in this country as in all others they had visited underneath the earth's surface there was no night a constant and strong light coming from some unknown source. Looking out, they could see into some of the houses near them, where there were open windows in abundance, and were able to mark the forms of the wooden gargoyles moving about in their dwellings. This seems to be their time of rest, observed the wizard. All people need rest, even if they are made of wood, and, as there is no night here, they select a certain time of the day in which to sleep or doze. "'I feel sleepy myself,' remarked Zeb, yawning. "'Why, where's Eureka?' cried Dorothy suddenly. They all looked around, but the kitten was no place to be seen. "'She's gone out for a walk,' said Jim, gruffly. "'Where, on the roof?' asked the girl. "'No. She just dug her claws into the wood and climbed down the sides of this house to the ground.' "'She couldn't climb down, Jim,' said Dorothy. To climb means to go up." "'Who said so?' demanded the horse. "'My schoolteacher said so, and she knows a lot, Jim.' "'To climb down is sometimes used as a figure of speech,' remarked the wizard. "'Well, this was a figure of a cat,' said Jim. "'And she went down, anyhow, whether she climbed or crept.' "'Dear me, how careless Eureka is!' exclaimed the girl, much distressed. "'The gurgles will get her, sure.' Ha ha chuckled the old cab horse. They're not gurgles, little maid. They're gargoyles. Never mind. They'll get Eureka, whatever they're called. No, they won't, said the voice of the kitten. And Eureka herself crawled over the edge of the platform and sat down quietly upon the floor. Wherever have you been, Eureka? asked Dorothy sternly. Watching the wooden folks. They're too funny for anything, Dorothy. Just now they are all going to bed, and what do you think? They unhook the hinges of their wings and put them in a corner until they wake up again. What, the hinges? No, the wings. That, said Zeb, explains why this house is used by them for a prison. If any of the gargoyles act badly and have to be put in jail, they are brought here and their wings unhooked and taken away from them until they promise to be good. The wizard had listened intently to what Eureka had said. "'I wish we had some of those loose wings,' he said. "'Could we fly with them?' asked Dorothy. "'I think so. If the gargoyles can unhook the wings, then the power to fly lies in the wings themselves, and not in the wooden bodies of the people who wear them. So if we had the wings, we could probably fly as well as they do, or at least while we are in their country and under the spell of its magic.' "'But how would it help us to be able to fly?' questioned the girl. "'Come here,' said the little man, and took her to one of the corners of the building. "'Do you see that big rock standing on the hillside yonder?' he continued, pointing with his finger. "'Yes, it's a good way off, but I can see it,' she replied. "'Well, inside that rock, which reaches up into the clouds, is an archway very much like the one we entered when we climbed the spiral staircase from the Valley of Woe.' I'll get my spyglass, and then you can see it more plainly." He fetched a small but powerful telescope which had been in his satchel, and by its aid the little girl clearly saw the opening. "'Where does it lead to?' she asked. "'That I cannot tell,' said the wizard. "'For we cannot now be far below the earth's surface, and that entrance may lead to another stairway that will bring us on top of our world again where we belong.' so if we had wings and could escape the gargoyles we might fly to that rock and be saved i'll get you the wings said zeb who had thoughtfully listened to all this that is if the kitten will show me where they are but how can you get down inquired the girl wonderingly for answer zeb began to unfasten jim's harness strap by strap and to buckle one piece to another until he had made a long leather strip that would reach to the ground i can climb down that all right he said no you can't remarked jim with a twinkle in his round eyes you may go down but you can only climb up well i'll climb up when i get back then said the boy with a laugh now eureka you'll have to show me the way to those wings you must be very quiet warned the kitten "'For if you make the least noise, the gargoyles will wake up. They can hear a pin drop.' "'I'm not going to drop a pin,' said Zeb. He had fastened one end of the strap to a wheel of the buggy, and now he let the line dangle over the side of the house. "'Be careful,' cautioned Dorothy earnestly. "'I will,' said the boy, and let himself slide over the edge.' The girl and the wizard leaned over and watched Zeb work his way carefully downward, hand over hand, until he stood upon the ground below. Eureka clung with her claws to the wooden side of the house and let herself down easily. Then together they crept away to enter the low doorway of a neighboring dwelling. The watchers waited in breathless suspense until the boy again appeared, his arms now full of the wooden wings. When he came to where the strap was hanging, he tied the wings, all in a bunch to the end of the line, and the wizard drew them up. Then the line was let down again for Zeb to climb up by. Eureka quickly followed him, and soon they were all standing together upon the platform, with eight of the much-prized wooden wings beside them. The boy was no longer sleepy, but full of energy and excitement. He put the harness together again, and hitched Jim to the buggy. Then, with the wizard's help, he tried to fasten some of the wings to the old cab-horse. This was no easy task, because half of each one of the hinges of the wings was missing, it being still fastened to the body of the gargoyle who had used it. However the wizard went once more to his satchel, which seemed to contain a surprising variety of odds and ends, and brought out a spool of strong wire by means of which they managed to fasten four of the wings to jim's harness two near his head and two near his tail they were a bit wiggly but secure enough if only the harness held together the other four wings were then fastened to the buggy two on each side for the buggy must bear the weight of the children and the wizard as it flew through the air these preparations had not consumed a great deal of time But the sleeping gargoyles were beginning to wake up and move around, and soon some of them would be hunting for their missing wings, so the prisoners resolved to leave their prison at once. They mounted into the buggy, Dorothy holding Eureka safe in her lap. The girl sat in the middle of the seat, with Zeb and the wizard on each side of her. When all was ready, the boy shook the reins and said, "'Fly away, Jim!' "'Which wings must I flop first? asked the cab-horse undecidedly. "'Flop them all together,' suggested the wizard. "'Some of them are crooked,' objected the horse. "'Never mind. We will steer with the wings on the buggy,' said Zeb. "'Just you light out and make for that rock, Jim, and don't waste any time about it either.' So the horse gave a groan, flopped its four wings all together, and flew away from the platform." Dorothy was a little anxious about the success of their trip, for the way Jim arched his long neck and spread out his bony legs as he fluttered and floundered through the air was enough to make anybody nervous. He groaned, too, as if frightened, and the wings creaked dreadfully because the wizard had forgotten to oil them. But they kept fairly good time with the wings of the buggy, so that they made excellent progress from the start. The only thing that anyone could complain of with justice was the fact that they wobbled first up and then down, as if the road were rocky instead of being as smooth as the air could make it. The main point, however, was that they flew and flew swiftly, if a bit unevenly, toward the rock for which they had headed. Some of the gargoyles saw them presently, and lost no time in collecting a band to pursue the escaping prisoners so that when dorothy happened to look back she saw them coming in a great cloud that almost darkened the sky chapter twelve